the University of Adversity, where the only rules of the class is to hold your head up high and keep moving forward. Because when the going gets tough, the tough get going. And now, here's your host, Lance Isios. Hey, everybody. How are we doing today? Welcome back. So, a lot of times in life, when you're building a business, it's either one or the other. Business or your life suffers. Either way, your family suffers. If you want to make this business happen, all these things need to suffer. And that's just not the case. It's all about the entire picture. It's all about helping you build your relationships, helping you build your lifestyle into your business. So essentially, you don't have to escape from your job or your business. That's what my next guest talks about, Tom Sylvester. Him and his wife, Ariana, have a podcast called the Lifestyle Builders Podcast, where they help coach and mentor people at helping you with the fundamentals of how to create goals, how to become better at business, and how to incorporate the entire package. Because it's not one or the other. You got to make sure that all these things are in sync. And you know you have to make sure that if you want the lifestyle you want, it needs to be incorporated into your business so that you can, you can have that control. So we had a good discussion. Um, he's also got, they also have a book coming out called The Lifestyle Builder. So we're going to get into that. So yeah, we're going to talk about training and coaching and how this stuff can help you. And we get into some actual fundamentals on what you could do in your own life today to help transform you. So I hope you enjoy it. Tom Sylvester coming right up, everybody. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to University of Adversity. I'm your host, Lance Isios. My next guest is a co-founder of Lifestyle Builders, a coaching and training company that helps entrepreneurs build their businesses to create more impact with their customers, and more freedom in their lives. Over the past 15 years, he has helped with thousands of business leaders and their teams create more success from Fortune 500 companies to startups. During this time, Tom has honed in on his refined philosophies, models, and strategies for growing entrepreneurial businesses. Him and his wife, Ariana, share their philosophies and guidance for entrepreneurs on Lifestyle Builders podcast, as well as their upcoming book, Lifestyles Builder. Lifestyle Builders. Build your business, quit your job, create your life. This is going to be awesome. I'm excited to dive in as a fellow podcaster um, and really hear about the story of how this came to be. So, uh, Tom Sylvester, welcome to the show, man. Absolutely. Thank you so much. I'm so excited for being here, especially because I know the topics that you focus on are so critical, but so often not talked about. Yeah, exactly. And the thing is, is that everybody goes through some form of adversity, right? And a lot of people don't talk about it. You only see the kind of the tip of the iceberg that people have hit and they're successful. But there's so many things along the way, so many things, so many um, bumps along the way and, and uh, you know, force people to grow. So I'm really excited to hear how you got here. So maybe take us back, fill in the gaps, tell us a bit about your story, go as far back as you feel you want to tell and let's let it, let's let it rock here. Absolutely. So, uh, so based on that, I'm actually going to start with the tip. So you guys get to see all the greatness that is now, Perfect. and then we'll go into like all the adversity that, you know, came to get here. Good. So, um, 
basically my wife and I have built three very different businesses, uh, real estate investing. Uh, we have a brick and mortar wine and liquor store. And then we also have a coaching and consulting business for entrepreneurs and business owners. And so through creating those three businesses, uh, that allowed my wife to leave her job in her late twenties. I was able to leave my job in my early thirties and we've now been able to really design and build our life, uh, in our ideal fashion. So, you know, we have a family, we have two kids, uh, we've got our three businesses and now we really have the freedom and flexibility that we never had over the last several years. And so to that point, most people see us now and they just think, oh my gosh, you guys are so successful. Like, you know, of course you guys could do that because, you know, you had this advantage or this thing going on. But what most people don't see is all the trials and tribulations to get here. And so uh, basically the quick version of that, and then we can dive in. My wife and I actually met the very first day of college. About four years later, we both were getting ready to graduate. I had a computer science degree. She had a zoology degree. And I started looking ahead and I was like, you know, I don't like the path we're on and what the next 45 years look like. You know, I realized that I was going to be in a cubicle working with computers and that wasn't what I wanted. I was going to have someone else dictate you know, where my time was going to be spent, how much money I made. And I, I just didn't like that. So I set a goal to retire by 35. I had no idea how I was going to make that happen, but I figured it was long enough to figure it out, but not so long as it was going to kind of take the rest of my life. And so, um, through that, I ended up trying different things out. Ariana really wasn't on board with any of this business stuff. And, um, you know, just started the real estate business. A couple of years later, started the wine liquor store. And then eventually um, left my job and started the coaching and consulting business to be able to help more people do the same types of things that we've done. Wow, that's, um, it's interesting because that's, that's a lot of work having like, a, having like an actual retail store, right? So you, how long have you been doing that for? Uh, we've had that coming up on eight years. Wow. So you must, yeah, there's a lot of things there. There's a lot of skills that you, you have to learn. And I mean, what it was, what has been like the biggest challenge so far from, you know, what you guys were doing to, to creating these businesses? What have, what have you found to be kind of like, um, the one thing that keeps showing up as being like challenging? Absolutely. Uh, to be honest, it's really, it was really getting Ariana on board with this whole plan and then continuously figuring out how do we work together and stay aligned with everything that we have going on. Um, because when, when I first presented this idea of retiring by 35, she was basically like, oh, that's just another one of your crazy ideas. You'll forget about it in two weeks and be on to something else. Right. Uh, you know, except I wasn't. And so every time I would, like, I was looking at successful people saying like, how did they build wealth? How did they create this freedom? So I was like, well, the stock market, let me try that. And she's like, no, we can't do that. I was like, well, uh, let me start a business. And she's like, oh, that takes a lot of risk and most businesses fail. I was like, well, let's get into real estate investing. We can buy a duplex. We'll live in one half and rent the other one out. She's like, well, I don't want to be a landlord. So every time I would try to move this thing forward, it felt like she was kind of, you know, taking it back. And so uh, where this ultimately kind of came to a head was I ended up spending $7,500 on this real estate investment training. Uh, so I did that on two high interest credit cards when we were already about $200,000 in debt about nine months before we were getting married. And I did all of this without telling her. Yeah, but that's sometimes what you got to do, right? Yeah. Got so I got feeling pushing you to do it. And, and I've heard this so many times too. Like, 
sometimes when you know that it's not a good idea, but you know that you have that hunch, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, so in hindsight, I would not recommend yeah, of course. other people take that path. Um, you know, but it, I, I had gotten to a point where I was like, I've got to do something to like move the needle or make this work. And I think subconsciously, I probably knew that this was going to force a conversation that we weren't having but needed to. And that's ultimately what it did because we had a lot of just very tough conversations afterwards. And I remember we were several conversations in and she said one question that ultimately changed everything. And she's like, we're getting married in nine months. Like, why would you do this? And as I was answering it, you know, I said, look, I, I looked ahead and I know what I want our lives to look like. I want to have a life of freedom where we're not stressing about money, where we don't have to worry about working 40, 50, 60 hours a week for somebody else, uh, where we can spend time with our, our future kids and we can really enjoy life. And I said, I didn't see that on our path now, but I see that on this other one. And what was so cool was that she's like, you know, that's exactly what I want as well. And it was that question that made me realize that I kept telling her what I wanted to do, but I never told her why. And I never asked what her why was. And once we got aligned on what we wanted to do and where we wanted to go, then we could start having the conversations about like, what do we do and how do we get there? Yeah, that's important. You got to have that support when you're in business, because obviously two minds are better than one. And I've just found over time, if you don't have that support, it becomes very challenging if you're both on different paths. Like if one wants to do one thing and one wants to do another, but you're absolutely right. You have to get to the, it, it's almost like trying to sell somebody something. You have to, it has to be a deeper reason why they're buying. Like why, why is it going to change their life? Not the, you know, not the actual thing, but the dream, the things that they're going to be able to do from that thing. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. And, and what I always tell people and, and what I learned really throughout my journey we all have our own journeys in life and certain things happen that will draw an epiphany for us. So, you know, I see this when people are in debt and they want to get out of debt, something will happen that will trigger one, one person, one spouse to be like, all right, I'm sick of this. I want to get out of debt. Or for me, it was like, I'm sick of this. I want to get out of a job. Whatever that is, one of us gets an epiphany and then we just want to take off and run. And what we forget about is that our partner, our spouse, whoever else, you know, is involved in this, they're on their own journey and they haven't had that epiphany yet. And we can't just force that epiphany on them. We have to support them on their journey and help them have their own epiphany. And that was one of my biggest mistakes for so long was I just kept trying to push the epiphany rather than setting back, asking questions, being curious and using those questions to help that person come to their own epiphany. I was completely guilty for what you're exactly talking about. <laughs> Um, my past, I think so many of us are, you know, in my past relationship, I'd, you know, I'd get off a call. I'd be like, Oh yeah, we got to do this. We got to do that. We got to. And it's just like, you got to remember that they're seeing life through different eyes and different situations. Like, but, but I really think that's a problem for a lot of people. Right. And you got to understand that. Yeah. Everybody's, everybody's on a different part of their journey, different chapters. Right. And it's about, yeah the conversation just has to be in a way that it's almost got to be in like an inspiring way. It can't be just telling, 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 like you got to have, I don't know, there's a way. And I didn't, I, for, for me, it didn't work, but it sounds like for you, it has. And a lot of people, you need that support because then you just, 
two minds are so much better with with that goal right to, yeah well i mean i mean you know think about like if you're if you're trying to move forward and like, like you see it as moving forward and you've got somebody else that's moving in a different direction like you're not going to be able to move forward at the pace you want because you're always going to feel like that person's holding you back or pulling your attention and i mean especially you know i know a lot of your listeners are high achievers they're they're people that have overcome adversity and in order to do that you have to grow and really figure this stuff out. So we are naturally the types of people that are like, I got an idea, I'm going to go and I'm going to pursue this. And what often happens is that we forget about those people around us. And not only do we not take the time to acknowledge kind of what they're thinking and what's going on, but it ultimately detracts from us because instead of us being able to go all in, we, we have this thing holding us back and it can also start to create resentment. Like I had times where I felt like, Ariana was holding me back. Whereas that wasn't the case at all. The reality was I wasn't giving her the space and asking the right questions so we can get on the same page. So for everyone out there, I mean, one of the most important lessons I've learned is that we often advocate, we often tell our position and we don't sit back and inquire. We don't sit back and seek to understand because you, you were talking about like a sales conversation earlier. Yeah. A sales conversation is all about understanding that person, understanding where they at, what they want, how they can bridge that gap, what's in the way, and helping to support them through that. Every conversation we have should be around that same thing because the better we understand, the better we can help other people. Totally. It's, yeah, you, you nailed it. And it's just funny that you're talking about this stuff about the, the, the partner because I, I was so guilty of all this stuff. And and it's, it almost feels like a block. It almost feels like, it felt like to me, like I was, I was blocked from my next level. But yeah. at the same time, now that I've learned that, now I can teach it and help people. It's another thing, another adversity thing, situation, because relationships are so vital to your success. And it's the communication. If you can't communicate properly to your spouse or your, your significant other, you can't communicate to your audience. Your like communication is so so important on how you do it, how you influence in a way that's not not too aggressive, where people want to push you away, but where they they actually get intrigued and they see the vision of the future and they they get excited. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And to show how important this is. Uh, last year, so my wife and I, we were in this like planning cycle where we plan our goals once a year and then we replan them every 90 days. And so we were in one of our sessions, um, leading up to like 2018 and we're like, what do we want the focus to be really this year? And we came up with put us first. We're like, you know what? We've built these three businesses. Uh, we have two kids. We've had a lot of stuff go on. And even though we always a try to put ourselves first, we weren't taking the full opportunity to do that. So, you know, we, we said, you know, that's our health, that's our wealth, that's our mindset, that's our body, that's our relationship. So one of the best things that we ever did was start to see a marriage counselor. And immediately when we tell people that everyone's like, Oh my gosh, like I didn't realize you guys are having problems. Like, is everything okay? And what we've really been trying to help people understand is that seeing a marriage counselor, that stigma that's associated with it or any sort of therapy it's not really what it's about. You know, like we work with a lot of business owners. If you want to build a great business, what are you going to do? You're going to invest in a coach or a mentor or somebody to help you with that. If you want to be the best athlete, what are you going to do? You're going to invest in a coach or mentor. And to us, we looked at it and we said, what's the most important thing for us? 
it's, it's us, it's our relationship, our marriage. And so by doing that, not only did it help our relationship better understand each other and better communicate, but one, we got more on the same page. And two, a lot of the communication lessons that we learned in marriage therapy, I've taken to, to business and to all the other relationships I have. So it's been such an amazing thing. And like, now I look at like, man, why didn't we do this like years before? Man, I, I love that. That's such a great point. It's such a great point. And people look at it as like some sort of weakness, but it's actually, you're, you're just valuing what you have and you want to take it next level, just like anything, right? Somebody you want to make more money, you're going to hire somebody that has the results you want. Somebody you want to get results in the gym, who are you going to hire? The person that's not in shape or the person that's in shape better than you are, right? So it's, it's, it's great. I think that's amazing to be able to look at your relationship comfortably enough and go, well, look, I, it's, it's never going to be perfect, but let's make it, let's do the best we can as two humans together and, and make this thing work. And I, I love that. And that's huge respect for you because a lot of people don't see it that way. And yeah, well, you know, you know it, and you know, let's, let's be completely honest. This wasn't the way that I always saw it. Yeah. You know, I, um, I early on had success both in my career and as well as in my first business. And I got to a point for a couple of years where I had a lot of ego and part of it was like, I've, I've been successful. So I, I know this, I don't need to learn anything new, which is a very dangerous point to get to as well as being like, well, I've had success. If I'm asking a question, how are other people going to look at me? Maybe they're going to think that I'm not successful or, or whatever else. And so I had a couple of years where I really struggled to grow because I wasn't willing to be honest and vulnerable to say, here's where I'm at. Here's the things that I don't have or that I can improve on. And let me seek out help and guidance to do that. And um, it wasn't until I had really, you know, good mentors and, and support to call that out. And it was a tough transition. I mean, I had to like, when I was, um, when I was in like my mid twenties, I was consulting for these leaders at like these fortune 500 companies. And I'd be in the room with people that were like twice my age, uh, you know, teaching them about leadership and helping them become better leaders. And I had a lot of insecurity around that. And, you know, as a result, I wasn't showing up the best. I wasn't giving them the feedback that they needed to hear because I was afraid of how it would look on me. You know, I wasn't asking the, the dumb questions that every person in the room had but was afraid to ask. Like I wasn't doing my best job because I wasn't comfortable and I wasn't willing to be vulnerable. And it wasn't until, you know, I did a lot of work and was able to shift to where I realized it's, it's not about me, it's about them. And once I, I kind of let go of my ego and said, I'm going to do everything I can to help you, even if that means I got to take a bullet for you, even if that means I'm going to look dumb, even if that means you're going to fire me because you don't like what I have to say. And once I shifted that, I mean, everything in my life, in my business took off. And I realized that through truly being vulnerable and connecting with other people, that's when you can really get the best results and transformations. Uh, completely agree. The, the sharing your story and being vulnerable is just such a big thing. Connecting, it, it just helps you heal over and over and over again. And it adds value to people's lives, right? What? So, okay. Obviously, you had to make some switches in your mindset, right? How, what are some of the things that you had to do on a daily basis that have helped you? Because it's one thing, <clears throat> obviously, people want to change and people want to go into that direction, but there's some fundamental key things that some people need to do in order to do that. What are some stuff that you 
found to be very valuable at helping kind of those limited beliefs and those like lack of confidence in certain areas or whatever that you went through? What did you use? Yeah. So one of the the most important things was one of my mentors saying, you know, Tom, it's not about you. And, and that kind of shifted everything because up until that point, in every interaction, I was worried about, well, how is this going to make me look? How am I feeling? Where once, you know, that person said that, I shifted and said, you know, it's about the people I'm, I'm working with or I'm interacting with. So once I made that shift, I stopped going into a situation thinking, how is this going to affect me? And I started going into situations saying, how can I help this person as much as I can? How can I leave them in a better spot than when we started? And, you know, so I applied that to um, speeches or presentations that I gave. You know, what is the transformation that I want people to go through and how can I help get them there? Right. I applied this to one on one coaching sessions I was doing, you know, and that was a huge shift because it disconnected me, my feelings of self-worth, everything else from the situation. And what I found was when I quit focusing on me and I start focusing on the other person, everything else became better. And that disconnection to me helped a lot. And what I've seen with other people too, is we put so much worth in, in how it reflects on us from a situation. Yeah. So if we have like, let's say for example, we have a really bad sales call or, you know, we have a really bad interaction we, we always put that on ourselves. Like we're a bad person or we're not good. Whereas, you know, we don't give ourselves really the benefit of the doubt to say, okay, that one thing wasn't good, but that doesn't mean I'm not good. You know? Uh, Yeah, that's so true, man. Lots of, lots of really valuable tips here. That's so true. And you could have all these good calls and all these good things happening. Then you have one that kind of throws a wrench in your whole you know, your whole thing. And then that's the one you remember. And that's the one that like sits in the back of your mind. You get on the call. You're like, Oh, is this person going to say the same thing now? Yeah. (laughs) You know, it's so funny how we do that. Right. I mean, um, actually with my wife, she went through a period where she was just like, you know, getting depressed and really not thinking that she had a lot of value because she was always comparing herself to me. So, you know, my wife left her job, stayed home with the kids, ran our businesses. And she like demeaned a lot of that saying like it wasn't that valuable. And then she's comparing herself to me, who is a very high achiever, who's working with great leaders where I'm learning all these lessons. And she was always like feeling like she couldn't stack up. And so I started making what I called a love notes folder. And every time somebody said something positive online or wrote us a thank you letter for helping them or, or anything else, I put it in there. And every time she got to that point, I just started having her read that. And I mean, it is a ridiculous folder now because we've gotten like videos of people thanking us and, you know, all this praise and especially now, like we have our first book coming out this year and I've really been trying to set both of us up to say, look, there's going to be a lot of people that this book is going to help, but there's also going to be haters. And part of the book is we share our struggle, like our journey and struggles. Like we share how we had this plan for our business and what the first year looked like and how we lost a bunch of money. You know, we share us going through these tough conversations and not being on the same page as a couple. So like putting yourself out there and being vulnerable, it allows you to help a ton of people, but it also is so easy for us to focus on the couple of haters or the couple of trolls where what I've really found to be completely honest is when people respond negatively to you, it often says a lot more about them and where they're at than 
anything you do. Like I told her, I'm like, look, two people could read this book. One person could get life-changing results and be like, oh my God, it's the best thing ever. And another person could come and say, oh my God, that was the worst piece of garbage. And I said, the book is exactly the same. The difference is where that person's at, what they wanted to get and what they're willing to put into it. 100%. So true. It's, it really, yeah, it's a reflection of how they feel about themselves too, how they get triggered. Because this is my theory is that when, when you get triggered by something that somebody says or, or does, and especially if it's positive, it's because there is some sort of lack in your own mind that you're, you're holding back or there's something that you see that you could be doing more or living a more fulfilled life. There's something there because I'm guilty of it too. In the past, I'd be like, oh, I don't want to hear any of that positive bullshit. And here I am getting drunk and doing drugs and you know, whatever, being, being a party animal it's because like I would rather hide behind that and drown my sorrows than, than appreciate stuff like that. Now, man, positivity, seeing somebody put up something, I, I appreciate it. I don't see those things the same way. And I really believe that that has a lot to do with how people feel about themselves. And, and you know what, the more haters you have, the more noise you're making, right? Absolutely. Well, and you, you hit on a key thing there. When you feel triggered, one of the most important lessons I've learned is just to stop and take a second and say, yeah. why do, why do I feel triggered here? Yeah. You know, like there's, um, it was funny. So, uh, behind, behind me on the wall, we have our manifesto and we created this a couple of years ago and it really came out of, um, my wife would like get on a rant, like something she didn't like, like, you know, somebody, um, being slimy with sales or, you know, something else. And she would just get on these rants. And what I started doing was anytime she would get triggered, um, I would do something, uh, I think Stu McLaren taught, taught us this, he said, poke the bee, poke the beehive. And so I would literally go and poke her and I would get her to go deeper on what she was thinking and understand why she was triggered. And she would do the same thing back to me. And just being present and taking that time to think about like, why did this impact me so much then helps us understand, okay, these are the feelings we have towards it. And then what do we need to do? based on that. And I'll tell you what, that has been so impactful of better understanding us, you know, the things that, you know, how we think about things as well as the things that we can work on and improve to become better. For sure. For sure. I love it. So I want to, I want to dive into lifestyle builders. Let's, let's talk about what your guys, just tell me more about what you guys do. I really want to get into um, your, you, so you brought up goals before I heard 90 day, I heard six month, I think. And then you yep. talk about your manifesto. I love this stuff. And this is super, super important. So I really want to get into what's your strategy for goals and why is it important for people listening to, to have them? Absolutely. So the first thing is our, our goal planning process has really come out of that time where Ariana and I weren't aligned. And so at first we just started getting aligned and we started doing stuff and we had evolved it over the years and we really didn't think much of it. Like I was taking some of the stuff I was learning, working with companies, uh, we were doing it with our businesses and it got to a point where we started showing that like people would come to us um, looking for help and guidance and we started showing them a little bit of like how we ran our three businesses with our two kids and, and all of that and they were blown away. And so we didn't think much of it, but we realized how much this could help other people. So our goal planning process is pretty straightforward. It starts with your life. And so 
we have like this two page planner that we take people through, but the, the core of it is understanding your core values and your mission. Like why do you exist? Why does your family exist? What's important to you? Then looking out and having a vision. And what we found with that is that most people, when we talk about what they want their future to look like, there's four categories. There's things that they want, house, car, hobbies, et cetera. There's experiences that they want. They want to be able to travel with their family. They want to live in a certain place. They want to pay off debt. And most people focus on that initially. And then there's two other categories that we find people focus on more as they start achieving more success. That is the relationships that they have around them and the impact that they're making. And so what we found is that people initially are in this like survive mode. We're just trying to make enough money to take care of our families, pay our bills, right? And as we achieve success, we kind of get a little bit lost because we've taken care of those things and now we're not sure like what our purpose is. And that's where we find it's less about us and more about other people. And that's where building stronger relationships and having an impact on events, people, causes that matter really help drive us. So we help people figure out where they want to go. We help them figure out where they're at today. And then we help them break down their goals over those time periods to give them a roadmap. So we tell people, it's just like GPS, right? Here's your destination. Here's your starting point. Here's the roadmap. And then the most important thing that sets a GPS apart from a map is the GPS is constantly checking in. Here's where you thought you were going to be. Here's where you are. Are they the same? If so, stick to the plan. Mm. If you're off, now we got to take a second and reroute. And that's where those meetings come in. So when we set goals and we put a roadmap out there, then what we want to do is every 90 days, do basically a reset look back and say what went well, what didn't go well. And then based on that, what do we want to focus on and what do we got to change for the next 90 days? So then based on that, we break those 90 day goals down into monthly check-ins. So every 90 days, we have the opportunity to do two of these monthly check-ins to say, how are we progressing with our goals? You know, to set budgets for the next upcoming month with our business and our personal life. And then we do probably what's the most important meeting, which is our weekly check-in. And with that weekly check-in, we're reflecting back on the week. What went well and what challenges did we face? So we're acknowledging our wins and we're also acknowledging that things aren't perfect and we can improve. And then we take those challenges and those wins and then say, what do we focus on in the upcoming week? And then breaking that down one more every day, we have just a quick sync up meeting. And this is basically saying, you know, what's the focus on today and where do you need support? And this allows us to keep everything aligned and make sure that we're focusing on the most important things and supporting each other or supporting our team members as needed. So would you say that it's important to kind of start long-term and kind of work, work back to present? Absolutely. I mean, um, there's a great book out there. If people haven't read it called the seven habits of highly effective people. Mm -hmm. And essentially one of the core um, habits is start with the end in mind. So with everything we do, it's starting with the end and then reverse engineering it or working backwards to say, how do we get there? And if more people did that, more people would be happier and successful because what happens with a lot of people, like we'll use college, for example, right? A lot of people are anti-college or think there's all these issues with it. The issue isn't college itself. I mean, there's definitely things that can be fixed. The issue is most people are just on a path and not really thinking about where they want to be and making that path intentional. So it's like, go to high school, get good grades, go to college, get good grades, and then work a job. Whereas most people end up going through that process. And at some point they find, man, this isn't really what I wanted. Mm -hmm. 
But if they had worked backwards instead of working forwards, you'd say, where do you want to be in 10 years? What do you want your life to look like? Describe it to me. Well, I want to live in this location. I want to live in this house. I want to have this family. I want to do these things. And now we start saying, great, now that we know where we want to go, let's start putting the pieces in place and figuring out what do I have to do today, this week, this month, the next 90 days to start moving in that direction. Hmm. What would you say that your for people is their biggest you know, adversity or challenge or struggle that they face in trying to either start their own business or be an entrepreneur? You know, what have you noticed through your experience, through the podcast, through everything? What's been the, what do you notice as like the most, it's, you know, the one that stands out more than anything else? Yeah. To be completely honest, it's what I just talked about Yeah. because what happens for us entrepreneurs, us high achievers is we get an idea and we just go with it. Yeah. Right. Like I said, I want to invest in real estate and I just went with it. And what we found time and time again is that people can either build a successful business or oftentimes not build a successful business. And either way, they're not happy. And a lot of people are confused. They're like, well, if you have a successful business and you have all this money, why wouldn't you be happy? And the thing is because most people never took the time to think about what would make me happy? What would my ideal life look like? And then intentionally build the business to support that. So, I mean, you know, a, a great example is one of my early coaching clients. Uh, we helped him go from $40,000 in debt to a million dollar business in about 18 months, which is phenomenal. He did an amazing job. And based on that, he was able to move his family to like their dream country and dream city. Everything was looking good. And then he reached back out a couple of months after we got done coaching and he was all freaking out. And I'm like, listen, we've been through issues before. We'll resolve whatever happens. And he's like, you know, she's leaving me. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And he goes, my wife, she is asking for a divorce and she took the kids. And that was like a punch in the gut to me because up until that point, I was like, my job is just helping people build successful businesses. And it was at that point, and with a lot of conversations with Ariana, where I said, you know what, I don't want to help somebody build a business if it's going to tear their life apart. And so that was really where Lifestyle Builders came from, because we said, you know what, we're going to help people build businesses, but we're going to do that in the context of their life. And that's why everything we do now, like the whole first section of the book is all about getting clear on what you want out of life. When people come to us and they want help with the business, we take them back and we first ask them what they want their life to look like because we want to start with the end in mind and make sure that everything they're doing is working towards building a happy, fulfilled life for themselves. And if they don't know what that is, it doesn't matter what business they build, what career they're in, what else they do they're likely not going to achieve that happiness because they haven't defined it. Very. Yeah. I, I, I like that a lot because it's very important to make sure that like your relationship and all that stuff is taken care of. It's not just about building a business. It's a total package, right? Absolutely. And, well, and, and that's why like all these people talk about like work life balance and, you know, I, I think that gives people the wrong perception because balance implies I'm trying to like balance all this stuff. It's never going to happen. So what we talk about is like work-life integration or work-life harmony and making sure that you understand what you want your life to look like and you integrate the business into that. And likewise, you integrate your life into the business. And when you do that, you now understand that things are going to shift and morph, but you're being intentional about how everything supports each other. 
So what do you recommend for people that want to make this shift? Like what kind of businesses, what kind of things are people, are you recommending to people that, you know, can help them? You know, obviously the goal is to make the most money, impact the most people the fastest way. You know, what are some of the, what are some things that you recommend to people? Like what kind of businesses? Absolutely. So one of the first things I always recommend and people overlook, people think great businesses come from a great idea. And the reality is most don't. You know, that's a really good story to tell in movies or, you know, on, on TV shows or whatever else. Really good businesses come from caring about people and your customer and solving a big problem for them. And so what most people do wrong when they get started is they make the business about them. Like I have this idea or I want to do this thing, so I'm going to go and do it. And they never spend time talking to their potential customers, talking and understanding where are they at? What are they thinking? What pains are they experiencing? What desired outcome or transformation do they want in the future? And if they only took time to do that, they could then say, all right, I, it's this group of people. These are the pains they experience. This is where they want to be. And then coming up with a solution to solve that. And so for most people that want to start a business, the, the option I recommend is spending time talking to that group of people that they want to help, understand their problems, and then create a solution. And in a lot of cases, you can then either match the expertise you have to help solve that problem or go out and acquire that expertise either yourself or by finding somebody that has it and pairing it together. So what's beautiful about this is that it doesn't cost a lot of money to go and talk to people and do this research. And what you can do in, in a lot of businesses is actually pre-sell. So what most people do wrong and we've done wrong several times is we get a great idea and we go and build the product or the service or the business, and then we try to sell it. A much smarter option is go and talk to those people, basically get confirmation that they're willing to pay for it or that they actually pay for it. And then once you've confirmed people are willing to pay, now you go and build the product or service. I love it. Cause a lot of times we want to be, just have everything perfect, everything ready before we, yeah, I, I mean, you know, with me and Elias, cause we're, you know, we're partners as well. And we, and listeners don't know, we, that's who connected us, uh, my business partner. And we were, we kind of went through the same thing where I want to have everything perfect before we sell stuff to people. But that's a great point. And that really just kind of sparked something in me to be like, yeah, you got to almost sell it beforehand. And then I, that almost allows that confirmation to you to make it happen even more. So it's like, it's a, it's a very good point because it's never going to be perfect before you start it right? Like it's always going to, there's always going to be work to add to it or build it or whatever. Absolutely. And I mean, the, the best way to get it closer to perfect isn't to think that you have all the answers and you're going to create it. Yeah. It's to go out and do the least amount that you can to get somebody started and then see where they struggle. Yeah. So for example, um, like if let's say uh, somebody's offering a service and they're working with someone and they see that this person's getting stuck. Well, you couldn't anticipate all the spots where someone's going to get stuck beforehand. But if you're working with them and you see them getting stuck, now you realize that's a gap in your product or service and you can improve on it. And that constant, you know, incremental improvement is really what makes successful products and businesses. Yet so many people don't realize that and they think they're going to get it perfect before they launch it. Then they launch it. It wasn't perfect. And they spent a lot of time and money. Now they're getting demoralized where there's much better ways to do it. For sure. For sure. No, a great point. Um, I wanted to ask you this before, but I'm going to ask you now, 
what um, what's your morning routine look like? How do so you I, set yourself up for the best day? I love that question. So the first thing before I answer, I don't care what time you wake up. Everyone should have a morning routine and it should be intentional. And it doesn't matter if it has 20 steps on it or two steps. It doesn't matter if you wake up at three in the morning or 11. Everyone should have a morning routine because what it does is it starts to get you into a habit and you can start adding things to it to set you up for success and be intentional. So I just want to put that out there because I see so many people that resist a morning routine because they don't wake up super early or they think it has to look a certain way. Yeah. Um, so for me, here's my morning routine. Uh, I get up, I drink a glass of water, I start brewing the coffee. I then spend uh, 10 to 15 minutes doing meditation to kind of clear my head, see where my head's at. Uh, I spend a half hour learning. So that might be reading a book, listening to an audio book, taking a training course. Uh, and that kind of sets me up for the day. Then uh, depending on the day, I'll do a workout. So I'll either do um, weights or I'll do cardio. And that basically, if you look at that, so I got water in me. I got my mind kind of clear by meditating. I added to my mind by learning. I now have my body moving through some physical activity. And then I'm taking a shower, getting up with my kids and spending the morning with my kids and with my wife. And so when we've gone through all of that, I've now set myself up for success. I've taken care of myself. I've spent time with the people that are important in my life. And we've got everyone ready to kind of start the day off. And then I can transition into my business and doing my business work. Awesome. Yeah, it's um, a lot of people put too much pressure on themselves and then they end up not doing it because it's not perfect again, right? Like, I was going to say that that's a theme of all the stuff we just talked through. Yeah. It's, it's not about being perfect. It's about getting started because the sooner you get started, the sooner you're going to see where the opportunities are. And then the sooner you can improve those. And you know, when we're talking so much about adversity and growth on the show, that is the only way this happens. Yeah. It only, you can only grow when you get started and you face whatever that adversity is. And like, you know, this is maybe a little bit of a tangent, but as like parents, I think one of the most important things we can do is to give our kids adversity early on or, you know, put them in those situations and help them figure out how to work through it. Because like I, I've had so much adversity in my life, you know, between my parents getting divorced and panic attacks and all this other stuff. And people look back and they're like, Tom, what would you change? You know, you've had a tough life. What would you change? And my answer is nothing because every single hurdle that was put in my life has forced me to grow and become a better person to overcome it. And for a long time, I always thought that I had to save people. Like I have to save people from making stupid mistakes. I have to save people from getting into a bad situation. And that was actually not serving them in their best interest. I was actually a much better person and I helped people more when I didn't try to save them from running into issues, but when I was there and helping to guide and lead them through issues and to grow. And that's the approach we take with our kids and helping them have adversity young and learning how to grow and overcome it. That's the approach we take with our clients. Like we're not going to sugarcoat things. Like if, if there's a challenge, I'm not just going to, you know, give you the easy button to get through it. I'm going to coach you through it. And that's going to allow you to be a better person and not only overcome that, but overcome bigger issues as they come. Yeah. Awesome. All right. When's your book coming out? It's time to get you plugged in here. Let's absolutely. Uh, yeah. Tell us all about where to find you, your book, all the stuff you want to get out to the world. 
Yep. So the book comes out October 29th. Uh, you can find it online at uh, lifestylebuildersbook.com. That's got more information, all the places you can find it. Um, and it'll also be in bookstores. So any of your favorite bookstores, you can get it there. And um, yeah, if people are looking for uh, more information on what we do or to find the podcast or any of our coaching programs, uh, tomandariana.com is kind of our home base for everything. Awesome. Let's hold that book up again. So when we have it on YouTube, Absolutely. Awesome. Nice cover. It's beautiful. Yeah, very, it's beautiful. Very nicely done. Make sure you guys go get that. Can you pre-order it? Yep. Pre-order is available now. Make sure you guys go pre-order that. It's going to be awesome. I love how you tie the relationships and everything together, the complete lifestyle. So it's, it's very, very important. Um, as always, I always ask the one question, what's your number one tip for overcoming adversity so you can go on to become successful in your life? Yeah, I love that question. Uh, number one tip is going to be challenge yourself on how you look at adversity. You know, a lot of people look at adversity as um, something bad, something hard, something to avoid, where the way I've always looked, uh, <laughs> not always looked, but the way I've, you know, really figured out how to look at adversity is it's an opportunity and it's an opportunity to grow yourself and become better. And in doing that, you know, your life will become better and everything around you will improve. So just reframe how you look at adversity and failure and see it as a positive thing, as an opportunity for growth. Amazing. That's great. Yeah. You got to use it as a growth tool, right? Absolutely. Not a hindrance. It's a growth tool. And uh, the more you realize it's all happening for you, the more your perspective can shift and you can grow. So that's awesome, man. I really appreciate you coming in. You guys, make sure you go check out his, his stuff, his podcast, Lifestyle Builders, and his book coming out. I'm really excited for you, man. I can't wait to see you see what happens with it, and uh, it's going to be a bestseller. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> thank, thank you so much. And, um, you know, I, I just got to thank you. This has been a great conversation, and um, everything you're doing with the podcast, like, you know, if you guys are listening, really take these lessons to heart. Um, there's so many great guests on here, and Lance, you're doing an amazing job just talking about and, and exposing this to people. And, um, I'll tell you what, this has been one of the most important things in my life is learning how to view and work with adversity. And, um, you know, if you guys really take what you're hearing on this podcast to heart and go and take action on it, I mean, it'll literally change your life. Oh man, I really appreciate that. And yeah, that's why, you know, that's, that's the journey and that's change your relationship with it, your perspective on adversity and your life will change, right? You know, go from being a victim to being empowered, it's, it's super, super important to, to understand that life happens for you, not to you. And yeah, it's all perspective. So I appreciate that, man. I, um, I really look forward to, you know, I'm glad we connected and I'm glad I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing you, uh, what you can create over the next year. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you. Tom Sylvester, everybody. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed that episode with Tom. That was a great chat. Lots of, lots of gold. Make sure you get his book going to be um, really impactful. I think there's a lot of things and I really like his approach. And if you're looking for a coach, you're looking to get a hand from somebody, reach out to him. You know, why not? If you're struggling, he'll help you out. Him and his wife have a nice dynamic of, of helping people get through things. And as we talked about in the show, improving your relationship is super, super important for improving your whole business. So I, I really like that aspect. So Check them out. If you guys haven't subscribed already, go hit that subscribe button. Stay on top of the shows and leave us a review. 
I love you guys. I truly appreciate all of you. Catch you next time. Later. You just finished another class at the University of Adversity. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button and tune in again next time for more life lessons with Lance ECOs.